The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush. I'm two shots of espresso in, and we have so much PlayStation news to talk about this morning. It's probably not enough espresso to cover it all. But with me here to cover all of this late breaking uh, PlayStation news that we have this week are, uh, as they are colloquially known, the Carpool Crew, Mitchell Saltzman. Carpool Crew. Carpool Crew. (laughs) I'd also like to mention I am five shots of espresso in. I'm what am I doing? Jesus. Man. Ugh, I, I am I was... two shots of water. <laughs> in... I thought you were gonna it was like I'm, my kombucha is really, really vibing with me this morning. Jesus. Um, it's eleven AM Mitchell. Two shots of water, Mitchell. Three shots point. of water. Oh no. This this episode is gonna be a tough one, let me tell you. Uh no, of course we have plenty of big PlayStation news to talk about today. But in fact, there's so much to talk about this week. That you should stay tuned for another mini episode of Beyond tomorrow morning. Look forward to that. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this the day this goes live uh, on Thursday morning, stay tuned for that. Uh, but if if you enjoy this wonderful crew, you'll have more to hear from <laughs> us tomorrow. But first, you have a lot of PlayStation news to hear from us. I'm sorry, there's so much we have to talk about. There's there's no BSing for the week. So obviously, the first thing I want to talk about is Ducktales. Yeah, of so, course. Uh, <laughs> so Wait, why I, why are we talking about Ducktales again? Um, I we're, I want to get to Ducktales at the end of the show. I just wanted to set that up. That uh, Amanda uh, Mark tweeted to yep. us about Ducktales, and I just want to I want to set the foundation for a Ducktales story at the end of this episode. Prepare to have every YouTube comment just be like, "What? Mark Martinez never watched Ducktales. What is going on? You never watched? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. No, we have PlayStation I'm story. I can I can talk about Ducktales with Mark Medina, but yeah, we can wait until the end. Of yeah, the episode. let's let's I guess talk about the PlayStation news that's happening today, uh, and all of this is pretty much coming from a single interview uh, with Herman Hulse, the head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios that dropped on the PlayStation blog as well as the PlayStation podcast just this morning as we were buttoning up the run of show for today. We're like, we're all set for the episode. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, there's a lot of new Sony news to discuss. So, <laughs> you know, it, um, it's always it's always a thing. I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic here. I would rather a news drop like this happen 30 minutes before the episode than 30 minutes after. So. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure Dornbush would, would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of like PlayStation Wednesday night announcements that just completely are like, well, why do we even bother recording this week? Yep. So uh, this yep. is wonderful. Herman, I appreciate you uh, doing this interview in time for this episode. Yeah, I, I appreciate you you keeping us in mind there. 
uh, as well as Sid Schumann, who who conducted the interview. Uh, but anyway, let's let's get into the news because there's a lot to talk about here. That is essentially about the future of PlayStation Studios as we uh, know some of the the uh, currently announced titles and some of the stuff we don't know about. Um, the first thing, though, I think the the biggest thing to talk about is the news regarding God of War. Uh, so obviously, the next God of War, as it is known, may be called God of War Ragnarok, according to a uh, PlayStation investor report. Maybe not called God of War Ragnarok, according to Corey Barlog's tweets with a you know an annoyed GIF uh, about the title leaking or not. Um, whatever it may be called, the next God of War is not going to hit in 2021, as was originally announced with the teaser trailer last year. Uh, as of right now, it is confirmed for a uh, 2022 release. There's no exact timing next year, uh, but Santa Monica did put out a statement alongside uh, the announcement in the blog post, so I'm just going to read their statement. Uh, the, the statement says, Since the release of the next God of War teaser last year, we've been humbled by the amount of love our community has shown us. We're, we're incredibly grateful to see so many people excited to experience the next chapter of Kratos and Atreus's journey. Kratos and Atreus confirm for the sequel. We remain focused on delivering a top quality game while maintaining the safety and well-being of our team, creative partners, and families. With this in mind, we've made the decision to shift our release window to 2022. Thank you all for your continued support. We've got some exciting things in the works that we can't wait to show you. Santa Monica Studio. Uh, so this also comes alongside the the confirmation that it is also going to be released on PS4 and PS5. And I do want to get to that portion of the conversation in a second. But uh, in terms of this release shift to next year, uh, Mitchell, I'll start with you because uh, you had mentioned a bet uh, on social media. Did this announcement surprise you or uh, did it, you know, was it unexpected for you? How, how did you take this? <laughs> no, it was always a dumb bet. Uh, I think I think anyone that watched this teaser, well, it was it was last year, right? It was this, September uh, this 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think anyone who watched this uh thought wow that seems ambitious you know we're we're in the middle of a of a pandemic this is it's only been at that point two years since the release of god of war 2018 and these are big games um you know we're, we've kind of gotten used to really long development cycles between entries in big series so i think you know, it's it's not a super surprising delay. It is disappointing because, like, you know, I I thought that if they were going to make that that uh, that kind of gutsy proclamation that this game is coming out in 2021 during a pandemic, that they they knew something that everyone else didn't. Like it was, you know, it was very close to maybe not close, but it. I I think they really thought they could do it. Um, and you know, the, the delay, while it's, a, it's disappointing, it's not, you know, super surprising to me. I was just, I was just holding out on hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was very much there with you in terms of like, I, every time we talked about God of War being a 2021 game on the show, it was always with a like unspoken asterisk of like, uh, we're expecting it to get pushed to next yeah. <laughs> to 2022. It's kind of been the like unspoken and spoken bit of this release cycle. I was with you. I, I was surprised when they said 2021 and that made me think, oh, maybe they're they're further along than we think. But yeah, I, I think especially, you know, given the pandemic, given their emphasis in the statement on wanting to make sure the developers are living reasonable lives while making this game, I, I it's no surprise at all to me. Mark, what about you? 
Uh, first off, I want to say, like, before we started recording this, uh, we, our producer, Red, was talking about B-roll. <laughs> this is the only B-roll for Ragnarok. And I was like, just it's, loop. It's hypnotizing. Just loop that trailer over and over. Here we, we go. Laughed, it's great. We joked. We laughed. Here it is. And yet he's doing it. And I just I love, I love him for it. That's it's why Red great. is the best in the business. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine a scenario where Sony would ever tease a release date or any game company would ever tease a release date just for hype knowing damn well that it's not going to come out that ass blastingly fast but <laughs> i have to i have to I have not the to, not the adjective I, I thought you were going to use so i have to like i have to wonder if they're like hey we get to put out uh this trailer for this game that people are going to want uh, as an end cap to this already amazing conference this one more thing uh and so it's like you're like what is this and then you hear the music and then you're like is this god of war and then the logo starts and you're like it is god of war this is amazing and then the 2021 pops up and you're like why oh god and so it's like i can't imagine a world where they're like yeah we're going to uh we're going to totally fake it out just to get the uh just to get the hype we know that it's not gonna make it uh basically yeah in short there was no way in hell this game was coming out in 2021 (laughs) so i'm not not surprised one like, bit i i, I want to make it clear especially like w- with uh the the statement and everything and some of the stuff herman said as well i very much think like there was some internal projection that could mm-hmm. convey most likely that this game had a chance to come out in 2021 and i think that's why you see something like that like there is no way in hell having spoken to like several members of this dev team you know in the lead up to god of war 2018 and, and gotten to know that team there is no way in the world i think for like fans who might be jumping to strange reactions like there's no way they would want to trick you all about when this game was going to come out it's just the reality of time we're living in the production of a game like this scale the you know the bal- the work-life balance that's necessary i i am so happy they made this call and didn't try to rush this. are we going to move into the horizon talk because i I think there's a a, a bit more context there where you know the playstation blog horizon forbidden west they they say that you know they can't confirm yet but they they are pretty sure that they are on track for holiday right (laughs) yeah so so, go ahead oh no go ahead if you want if you want to you know able to I was just contextualize read, what they're saying yeah go ahead yeah, i'm just gonna read the the full quote from herman basically um yeah as mark you had said they they're projecting horizon for they th- his exact quote is we think will will hit the holiday season um which of course is not an exact confirmed date and so we may very well see horizon slip as well depending on the the team's needs and i think that that makes sense given the fact that we just saw gameplay it didn't have a release date that was obviously something mm-hmm. a lot of people were asking about which even then i think re-solidifies the idea that like well, of course, if we haven't even seen God of War beyond that that logo, of course mm-hmm. it probably was going to get pushed. Um, well, and that, but, so they talk a lot in that blog post about, uh, yeah. you know, there, there's so much we could do transitioning working from home, right? We can, you know, set up little mini dev studios in people's homes. Uh, but the hardest thing is performance capture. Yeah. And if people remember God of War, for all intents and purposes, like that is a movie. Like every scene in that in that game is is performance capture. Uh, and so it's like they it had to have hit that studio the hardest, knowing yeah. that they couldn't easily do performance capture during during 2020. Yeah, specifically, Herman said, uh, but when you're doing performance capture for a lot of cinematics with multiple actors, 
that's not so simple to solve. You So you've got a choice. You could do it later in the schedule, which could cause you problems, or you could risk the final quality by doing it in a different way. But I can tell you we're not going to risk the quality. We want to ship extremely high-quality games, finished games, and we have to do that, obviously, without pushing our teams to the breaking point. And, mm-hmm. like, obviously, this is all coming from, you know, the highest person in the Worldwide Studios chain. Um, there's a little bit of, you know corporation to keep in mind and the the realities of you know working under such a big corporate entity brand but it is i think for me at least really heartening to see him specifically specifically saying we're not going to push our teams to the breaking point especially given the crunch discussions around both a lot of games in the industry but very specifically around naughty dog as well that have happened mm-hmm. in the last couple of years i think like him at least saying that whether or not it's lip service is good that we're seeing that in interviews like this and i hope continues to push that conversation forward but yeah mark to your point like these are games that require a lot of cinematics a lot of acting and a lot of that stuff to be central to the game that is being developed and so if they don't have that they might risk you know making a game that doesn't live up to the quality of the originals yeah i know um call of duty cold war set up a lot i was gonna bring uh, that up (laughs) okay yeah they set up a lot of like at home performance capture where people were like in their closets doing voice work and doing like you know when it comes to cinematics for call of duty it's like a mission starts with a cinematic and it kind of ends with a cinematic where god of war especially if ragnarok or god of war 2 takes the approach that the first one did where it's just a seamless no cuts game uh you know that's these performances those are things that need to be done in a volume uh with people with multiple camera angles uh, and so I, I definitely can see them be like, yo, are we going to put, you know, them at home? And they're like, no, nah, we, can't, we can't do that. Like, yeah. this game needs to be done right. And and I, I think I speak for everybody when I say, like, take all the time you need. I want them to have it. I want it to be done right, you know? Yeah. To that point, though, like, I was going to bring up the, the Call of Duty uh cold war thing because there is a really cool video of one of the actors turning like their living room into a motion capture set with stuff <laughs> that they, that they got sent and like check it out because it's it's really fast fascinating how they ended up uh doing it but yeah it, it just it wouldn't work for something i think like like call, uh god of war or horizon so yeah it, the the motion capture stuff makes sense you kind of need to have that that studio for it. If you're if you're not just doing like small pickups for certain mm-hmm. scenes, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, even, even on a much smaller scale, us, you know, summer gaming last year, like a bunch of you know the hosts and stuff like that. We all got sent cameras and lighting and stuff like that. And it's like it, we we tried our best to make our home setups and VO setups and stuff like that look as good as we could. But at the end of the day, like. You know, this camera that I was sent isn't as good as a studio camera and the lighting that I just point at a wall to blast back on my face. It's not as good as a studio. And so it's like, I think they can get by here and there with these little like hacks. But uh, I, I I do think there are certain things that they, they need to be on site for. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited to see the game when it when they're ready to show it (laughs) yeah especially given i think the um at least from what we've seen from past shoots like sony's um reliance and really like focus on making sure that facial capture is as precise and and key to the animations as possible and just general Mm -hmm. like finesse of movement as you were saying like lighting the like the scale of the room the sound like so many things can go into affecting that stuff that obviously they probably want to use the very expensive studio setups that they've 
you know, spent so much time perfecting and, and making key to these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did also want to mention, mention, of course, a little bit about the, uh, the fact that they confirmed both God of War and Gran Turismo 7, as well as Horizon Forbidden West, which was previously announced, will all be uh, on PS4 and PS5 as well. Uh, this, of course, is a perfect time to bring up Sony's We Believe in Generations quote, uh, which I've seen going a lot today. And I think it is totally, totally fair to to rib them for having said that and then completely go against it. But also at the same time, I can't fault them for wanting to make sure 100 plus million people can buy their game. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, he he says it in there that it's really, really hard to 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 look at that PS4 install base and just be like, oh, you know, we know it's funny. The most interesting of those three is uh, Gran Turismo, uh, which I'm looking at a screenshot that says PlayStation 5 exclusive uh, coming 2021. So it's kind of funny that they they're actually walking a little bit of that back. And I, I wonder if it has something to do with the PS5 shortage, the fact that they are not able to get as many out as they thought. And so games that were previously PlayStation 5 exclusive, they had to go back to those studios and be like, you know what? Actually, this actually does have to come out to PS4 because we can't get enough PS5s out there. Yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, anyone who who really wants a PS5 right now and can't get it is going to be super mad at the fact that they can't play the new God of War. It's not like for anything within their control, they want to get a PS5. They just mm-hmm. the the supply isn't there. Um, but also, you know, on the other end of that, you know, people really wanted to see what a God of War developed exclusively for this new generation of console would look like, and what Sony Santa Monica could uh, could do with that. And while I don't think you know, I don't think it being on PS4 is going to hold that vision back a ton. You know, I think it, it you can't say that it would be something different if it would only be on the PS5. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. 
To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Totally. I I think my thing here with this, and especially it's something that I've seen, um, you know, like thinking back just to last week, seeing Horizon uh, Forbidden West and when getting to watch the 4K upload afterward, not just the streamed version, like that game is beautiful. And so like I am fully expecting the PS5 version of that game to be a pretty beautiful, wonderful experience and probably God of War to be the same. But I, I totally agree with you. Like it's impossible to not assume there is some bit of being held back by the last generation. I think my only thing, the thought that comes to mind um, that I would just want people, I guess, to keep in mind is like, we're getting these games within the first two years of this console coming out. Like mm-hmm. Horizon, the first Horizon came out four years after the PS4 launched. Uh, God of War was five years after. Like, we'll pr- because we're getting these so early, we're probably going to get another Horizon and a God of War this generation that will be exclusive, that will get to show everything off. And so like, I don't know, especially after like, the PS4's beginning of the life was really quiet. Like, we, we got mm-hmm. Infamous Second Son, we had Rezogun, we had Knack. Like, it was a yeah, really The Order 1886, you know? We did, which, you know, I still hold I'd take a sequel if they, they let them make a, a cooler game. But yeah, um, you know, it was a quiet time. And so to get these games, even if they are cross-gen, like, I think it bodes well for then, okay, where does the generation go for here when it really kicks in? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but not, I, not not that I think you're you're wrong not to be like, but what if like I can't wait to see what they do with a PS5 God of War. <laughs> yeah, the haptics, I, I, man. I, I think, I <laughs> Imagine think, the haptics. The, the axe. Yeah. Well, those all those all be there. Like I think I think I think selfishly, I think I would obviously I would love God of War and Horizon to just be a PS5 game because then it's like then they don't have to make any compromises. It's very weird to think that God of War two and and Horizon Forbidden West are, are going to be able to be played on the playstation slim that's behind me uh strange thoughts it's gonna sound like a a airline carrier coming in um (laughs) but uh you know a very a very wise man by the name of tom marks wrote an article once that everybody disagreed with but he ended up being right where he said like the next gen is just not all about graphics right and uh, you know it's about loading times it's about you know haptic feedback and and trigger intensity and all that fun stuff and so it's like the the stuff that I want Horizon Forbidden West to be able to do it is going to be there. It's going to have that performance mode and like, you know the 4K visual mode. I I assume it's gonna have the cool feeling triggers and it's gonna have. They've already said that the game virtually has no loading. That's the stuff I want from a PS5 version, and that stuff's going to be there. So uh, I, I I I could be a little sad uh, that. Maybe it could visually look better, but I also think about games like World of Warcraft, where everybody wants that game to be graphically overhauled, but their goal is to get it on as many... World of Warcraft can run on any computer, is like their their goal. And so it's like, yeah, the more people that get to play Horizon and God of War, uh, I, I, find, I find myself 
strained to be upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it only means that the franchises, so long as these games deliver, have the chance to be even more successful when they are PS5 exclusives uh, down mm -hmm. the road. Uh, it's definitely worth talking about also the fact uh, Herman did bring up in this interview of how uh, PlayStation Studios overall, which uh, based on how he talks to in my mind in this interview, does intimate things that uh, fall under that umbrella, umbrella include stuff like the uh, the Haven and Firewalk Studios agreements that they've announced. Uh, but he does confirm, uh, following up on uh, Jason Schreier's report from a few weeks back, that Bend Studios working on a new IP uh, and not a Days Gone sequel. Uh, they're building on the deep open world systems that they developed with Days Gone, so I'm really happy for Ben Studio. That feels like a very pointed, we saw the reports, I'm aware of all the discussion that happened on Twitter, here's, here's some information. Yeah, that, um, that PlayStation blog actually has, because we'll talk about the PC stuff later, uh, that PlayStation blog actually has quite a bit of uh, love for Ben Studio. And I wonder if that's an intentional thing <laughs> to be like, hey, we, you know, we love Ben. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, the report from Trier definitely painted the picture as if Ben felt like it was being thrown under the bus a little bit. And right. Obviously, we're, we mm -hmm. haven't been there. We don't know if that feeling might have been accurate. Like, yes, they're still working on a new IP, but they could also have felt thrown under the bus. So it, it's it's unclear, you know, obviously how much happened there to, um, to cause a strain of like a relationship with with devs at Bend and, and the wider Sony studio, but I, I'm glad they're working on a new IP. I think, um, you know, some of the coolest ideas that were in days gone are just in there 40 hours into the game or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, get bogged down by some of the more monotonous elements of, of the open worlds uh, that were there. So I think if they can hone in on what really, really worked, just create a new IP out of it. I'm, I'm totally open and excited to give them a, another shot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, though, to mention the PC stuff as well, there is a little bit of a discussion about how PC fits into the worldview of PlayStation Studios. Uh, Herman said, we're still early in our planning for PC and Horizon Zero Dawn has been very successful. I think it shows there's an appetite for, from gamers outside the PlayStation ecosystem to experience the amazing portfolio of games that PlayStation fans have joined for years, enjoyed for years. But I want to emphasize that PlayStation will remain the best place to play our PlayStation Studios at launch. But we do value PC gamers and we'll continue to look at the right time to launch each game, mentioning uh, Bend having released Days Gone on May 18th. Uh, so that's about two years after the PS4 release. Uh, so to me, like, I think this speaks to and it's just nice to have it be put into words, especially with all the like, oh, no, Sony will be like just so much of the, you know, Twitter discussion immediately of like, why is PlayStation abandoning the fans? It's like now they're just making more money so that when mm -hmm. the next Bend game or the next Horizon launches, there will be people who are like, oh, I should go buy a PlayStation to go play this immediately because I love it. I don't, I, I don't know how you both feel about that, but that's how that all, all I'm hearing in that statement is Bloodborne PC confirmed. Hell yeah. <laughs> he does mention From Software earlier up in the piece. I'm not saying mm -hmm. put the pieces together, but there is no Pepe Sylvia. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, um, um, I, I just want Bloodborne to be on PC. It's, it's such a shame that um that uh, there's this large amount of people that have not been able to experience one of the best from software games out there um so yeah so anything that that kind of hints to the fact that we could potentially see bloodborne on pc is is exciting to me not that again i was joking they didn't actually say that but uh yeah it's it's all my mind wants to hear really at this point <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I, exactly what I was talking about with PS4. Like, I love this notion that, uh, you know, the, what's the point of keeping something like Horizon and Death Stranding and, uh, and Days Gone exclusive forever? Like, you know, those games, you can go to GameStop and buy Horizon Zero Dawn for 11 bucks used and that's the ultimate edition like the, the sony's no longer making a lot of money off of that game when it comes to it being exclusive there but then you know they talk about in the playstation blog how well that game ended up doing on pc yeah. uh and it's so funny they all seem to get the same treatment they get the widescreen support they they seem to all get those the the same like there, there's pc games and then there's like sony pc games <laughs> um <laughs> And so, and, and now there's there's talk of Uncharted Four coming to uh, PC, which I I would hope that they would just bring over the entire series. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't see anything wrong with uh, branching out and and exactly what you said, Dornbush, where it's like Horizon came out in 2017. It did its time on the PlayStation. Now we have Forbidden West coming out, so now we're going to release it on PC. We're going to gather up all those fans that are then going to be like, you know, there are people that had never played Horizon that are probably huge Horizon fans now that are now going to seek out getting the PlayStation 4 or 5 version of Forbidden West because they they want to be able to experience that game and they didn't realize what they were missing out on kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. to to just even go further to your point of like, you can go to GameStop and pick up Horizon Super Cheap. They literally gave Horizon away for free mm-hmm. to every PlayStation 4 owner, whether or not you had PS Plus. Like it was just, here is this game, obviously, like that game is not getting you know a ton of sales on playstation right now so yeah right. the the pc sale approach i think you know a, a few years after launch two three four years whatever it may be for some of these games is smart because especially the whole point for them is to then get people to want to come back as you were saying to the ps5 or you know whatever generation it is and buy the ps you know the the sequel on the playstation that's just yep. it makes sense as a business and i'm I'm not surprised, but I do think it's smart of him to sort of double down and be like, at launch, you're going to get it on a PlayStation system. That is how this is going to work. So I I think all of that makes sense. Um, Nothing else huge from me stood out from the interview. The only thing I think worth mentioning is that there's a little discussion of uh, Japan still being a big emphasis for Sony. I think this is, you know, in response to the reshuffling of uh, Japan Studio to essentially just be Team Asobi uh, and hints that, you know, Astrobot is not gone forever. which certainly mm-hmm. makes sense after Astro's Playroom, but um, it seems like for now, at least within Japan, Sony's focus is going to be on partnerships and Astrobot uh, and, and GT7, of course. But yeah, that was... Uh, did anything else stand out to both of you before we move on? I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Too massive. No, not really. Yeah. I, I, I love the the talk about how when you know he mentions uh he mentions from and he mentions uh Kojima and Haven, like to... The, this notion that like whether it's a first person's first party studio like naughty dog or uh band or anything like that or if if it's something like kojima which is you know an external partner that they're all kind of treated the same and you kind of see that when the when the games get released you know death stranding feels like a playstation game even though it's technically not you know so it's like uh that, that game could eventually depending on deals could eventually come to xbox like it it has that notion i guess so uh i kind of i kind of liked seeing that like man they they have a lot of studios and i i 
I like what he said about the partners. I like that he they give them the support that they need. It, it really shows. Yeah, it um, it, it's definitely something that I think is a smart response, especially as we see all of the discussion around PlayStation or uh, Xbox, excuse me, you know, buying up studios, buying up Bethesda, and just adding to its its stable of studios. I think you know it, it won't preclude Sony from buying another studio in the future, but it feels very much like they're like, yeah, we we like the way these partnerships go. We we treat Returnal or Death Stranding like we do a Ratchet and Clank or a God of War. Like they they stand side by side for us, and I think. We, as you were saying, Mark, like we saw that with Death Stranding, it was as a big a marquee title to them as, you mm-hmm. know, Spider Man and The Last of Us and Ghost at, at different E3s. And so I think we'll see Haven's game and, and Firewalk's game and others kind of be treated the same way, which is really speaking, cool. of, speaking of PC, man. If I got to choose, I, I would, man, I would love Returnal to come to PC. <laughs> uh, that, that game is that game, that game is a PC game. I, I, I feel like I would be at least two or three times better at that game if i was playing on a mouse and keyboard so, man, i i really hope that happens <laughs> maybe maybe one day i'm i'm really excited to see what house mark's future looks like uh, after that one but yeah hope, hopefully it'll be more games on playstation and maybe pc down the line uh obviously we'll we'll keep an eye on any of the uh continuing uh updates and events uh, of playstation first party studios games and herman again if you can just keep in mind to please get those news beats out before 10 a.m on wednesdays that would be very much appreciated thank you mm-hmm. uh moving on from there to talk to some other news uh i i do i have a psa toward the end of this episode that i'll get to but i did want to start off with um of course we had mentioned last week the the playstation plus free games for the month uh including operation tango Star Wars Squadrons and uh, Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown, which uh, Mark, Lucy, and I could not speak to. Virtual Fighter, obviously, but Mitchell, you can. I can. I mean, to an extent, uh, a little. Virtual, you've, you've played. Yes, I have yes. played it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Virtual Fighter Five. Um, obviously, it's it's kind of an old game. Uh, this is. I, I think it should be clear that this is not like a a fully funded like from the ground up remake of of virtual fire 5 it is a new graphics engine and a lot of it is is you know modernized to an extent but i want to be clear this is probably the worst online lobby system of any game i've ever played in my entire history of playing fighting games so let's just say me and Mark, Mark's a big fighting game fan. Me and Mark oh, yeah. decide we want to we want to play a, a match together. We want to do a couple rounds. I have to create a room, uh, set a password for it, and then th- that's normal, right? You would just say, you would just assume that Mark can then find the like just you know join on me and then enter the password and be in a game. Sure. In order to join that game, Mark has to go into a selection of 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 other rooms. Uh, he can filter it by by uh, what rooms have a password, and then he'll get like maybe fifteen or twenty rooms that he can then keep on refreshing until he sees my name pop up, and that's the only way that me and Mark can can join a game together. It now is I, absolute insanity. I was gonna I was going to play, but this is the one thing that that's stopping me now. I you know I love. Um, fighting games classic fighting them. game fan yeah yes i've definitely so, yeah that's, <laughs> that aside, that's a very though, strange repro- uh, approach yeah that's a it's a weird one that that aside though you know virtual fire 5 is such a, a great 3d fighting game there's really you know there, there's obviously similarities 
that you can make with it. But the two games play incredibly differently. Um, and the animations still hold up. This is an old game. Um, and you can see if you're watching the, the video, like the animations look absolutely incredible. That's something I found out. They actually got a WWE superstar in Asuka back when she, she used to wrestle in Japan. She did a lot of the motion capture for, for this game. And you can actually see it. Like if you, if you know that fact and you're familiar with Asuka, you can see kind of some of her mannerisms in some of these oh, wow. uh, character animations. Um, so, you know, as a fighting game, once you're in a in, in a match, it's super super fun. And the the netcode, even though it's delay based netcode, it's not rollback. Um, it holds up decently well from from what I've I've played so far. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's not anything that I would ever recommend paying you know fifty dollars for or sixty dollars for or seventy dollars for. But fortunately, as a free pack, you know, a free game on PlayStation Plus, or I think it's only like ten bucks normally if you don't have PlayStation uh, Plus. Uh, yeah, check check it out. Yeah, that's that's really good to know, especially because uh, it's not just a part of the PlayStation Plus lineup this month, but it's also part of the PlayStation Now lineup this month, which I just think mm-hmm. was worth mentioning, especially as we. Uh, continue to trace on the show what Sony's response will be, or if they feel like they ever need to really make one to Game Pass. Um, this month's PlayStation Now games include Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Game of the Year Edition, uh, only available till September 6th uh, via the service, Team Sonic Racing, Sonic Mania, Sonic Forces, so a lot of Sega, uh, Slay the Spire, Car Mechanic Simulator. <laughs> I didn't Honestly, if you put anything ahead of the word simulator, it's probably a game these days, I feel like. Mark, Mark, does that excite <laughs> you go. as a as a power wash <laughs> simulator aficionado? <laughs> I uh you know, I did beat that game. I need some DLC because uh I need I need to power wash some stuff. I I've actually been thinking about replaying it. Man, what a great game. You were big into the the PC building simulator too, weren't you? At, at some yeah, point? no, I love that oh, game. Yeah. That game's great. I th- order, this whole world of <laughs> there's this whole world of simulation games that I've never touched, but every once in a while, like I played 20 minutes of like bus driving simulator and was like, mm-hmm. I kind of get it. I kind of understand why there is a yearly farming sim. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so power wash simulator. That's the hot one right now. It's taking the world by storm. Uh, but then, oh, here we go. Here's the <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, but then also uh, coming out this month is a yard work simulator it's a the lawnmower simulator so that's uh that's hot on my oh, radar right now uh, I, i'll be checking that mark, bad boy out this mark, is this a, go ahead i was just gonna ask mark does this appeal come to like is it from the the fact that you know you 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 you're big into your car and you you like you like making sure that it's nice and clean. Somebody asked me on Twitter, they're like, are you just secretly a Midwestern dad? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Walmart and get some shiny white Nikes and just play these stupid games where you just like do work. So many people on Twitter are just like, go buy a power washer and you can like start a side business. I'm like, no, I, I need to, I need to look at the, you, I, I need people to know I made this video. I need people to know this, uh, uh, that garden right there that takes like almost two hours to clean. Like, it takes a long time to beat every level. I, I I think it took me like 16 hours to beat this game. 
There's a do you skit. put on do you put on a podcast or anything oh, or do you just hundred percent okay. okay so it's a podcast game it's a podcast <laughs> game yeah because there's no music there's no nothing you're just you're just power washing and so I I I, I just listen to podcasts and there's a, a later level a skate part level and holy smokes that, that's like two oh plus God. hours to claim it but it's well, amazing when uh, power wash simulator comes to PlayStation you and I can talk about the uh, the platinum <laughs> trophy hunt for it. Uh, how satisfying it will be. We can only hope. Um, before we talk a little bit more about what we've been playing, whether on PlayStation or not, I uh, did just want to also briefly mention uh, to follow up from a few months back, obviously, when uh, Sony announced it was acquiring uh, the Evo uh, series mm-hmm. and, and uh, making further inroads into the competitive fighting se- uh, scene. Excuse me. Uh, they officially announced the Evo Community Series on the PlayStation blog. Uh, I believe it was yesterday uh, they revealed this. Um, so they they announced three open format PS4 tournaments for a chance to win uh, cash prizes ahead of Evo 2021 uh, between uh, June 10th and August 3rd, with Evo 2021 uh, happening on August 6th through 8th and the 13th through the 15th. Uh, and this, to me at least, and Mitchell obviously is someone who's maybe a little bit more plugged into the scene. Correct me if I'm wrong. This feels like sort of one of the first signs I've seen of PlayStation really like getting in onto what evo is and and since this acquisition really like elevating their place within it and really making a big deal out of it like obviously they're just announcing details right now but um this feels yeah. like the first stop in in that journey yeah and i i kind of talked about this uh last time when i was on here talking hey this is my video <laughs> uh last time i was on here talking about uh evo um you know sony is very connected to this the scene they do uh a challenger series of like uh mortal Kombat tournaments uh pretty regularly i always get like notifications about it whenever i boot up my my playstation because i i play a lot of mortal Kombat. um so this this felt like a really natural kind of first step for for that partnership between evo and sony um so yeah so i i think it it, it makes a lot of sense and uh it kind of is that first sign of the the sony sony you know ownership of evo yeah it's um it's definitely exciting to see them uh really lean into this it's one of those things where these partnerships that haven't been studio acquisitions like this or discord like i'm i'm very interested from a like business level of how much they lean into it and make it part of the playstation culture um because right now it it feels like that's a, a way that they're pivoting in a way that Xbox hasn't been. Xbox has been focusing, you know, on on the studio acquisitions and on the the content side for its, uh, you know, uh, subscription services. Whereas PlayStation seems to be taking a different approach as part of like the wider Sony Corporation. So I'm curious to see where this goes. Uh, you can find all those details on the PlayStation blog and on IGN as well. Uh, but before we wrapped up for this week, I did want to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Uh, in addition to Power Wash Simulator, of course. Uh, Mark, I, I will start with you because I know there was something uh, that you did a little bit of content for. And while it's not on PlayStation just yet, uh, it, it will be in the future, correct? Yeah, so the game's called Lawn Mowing Simulator. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's something uh, me and Mitchell played. It was kind of a, we got to exclusively kind of show it off. And uh, it was kind of a surprise announce. It was part of uh, Watch Dogs Legion's 4.5 update, uh, which is is relevant to playstation fans i also have another video up on this uh for ign uh the game has like a performance mode now so now runs at 60 frames a second if that's what you prefer um but this that you're seeing on screen is called watchdogs 
Legion of the Dead, <laughs> which is a a uh, one to four player uh, co-op survival mode <laughs> for watchdogs. And you're 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 going through the watchdogs Legion map of London and you're you're hacking your way through and uh, just trying to you're, you're getting these supply packages and then you're reaching an extraction point. And uh, at, at first I was like, what? Why why are zombies coming to watchdogs? What the heck? <laughs> and and so me, Mitchell, and uh two other members on our team, Stella and Ronnie, both uh, you know, we all four jumped in. And my gut reaction, because it is an alpha and it's on PC, my gut reaction was, wow, this is uh this is awful. Uh and then and then and then Mitchell, he goes, I don't know, guys. I kind of like it. And I was like, hey, you know, now that, now that you mentioned and now that you put it that way, I guess I kind of like it as well. Uh, the whole, the whole like first 10 to 15 minutes of playing this, I just had to deal with, with Stella and Mark complaining about how bad this was. I'm like, guys, I'm having fun here. The, the problem is when it comes to, when it comes to games like Dogs, So this is like, it's got hacking still. It's got all that is. Yeah, I haven't played Watch Dogs Legion since last year. So you go into this, and the only things I know how to do are walk and shoot. I don't know how to hack anymore. I don't know any of those buttons. And so, I mean, it even happened with you guys. Uh, Mitchell and Ronnie were playing on controller. and They played the first half of this video not having any clue how to sprint because you hold the R2 button to sprint in that game. And so I think that's that's where a lot of the frustration came from. I was, I was like, I don't know. I don't remember how to play this game. I should have played Watch Dogs Legion before jumping into this. Uh, but, you know, after three attempts, we ended up having a pretty good time with it. So it's, it's yeah, you're just dropped on the map. You get the supplies and then you extract. And it uh, it can lead to the, some pretty epic moments because while you try to stay together, uh, you're very underpowered at first. It's kind of a roguelite. The more you play it, the, the more powerful you get. Uh, we ended up getting separated from Mitchell. And it was a completely like natural thing to happen. Like he, you, you make noise and the zombies get, the zombie hordes like get attracted to it. And uh, it ended up creating this wall where Mitchell just couldn't get to us. So then he kind of just was like finding his own way. And we, we were able to re- extract. And so me, Stella and Ronnie, we get to the end and Mitchell's just on the other side of the map, like trying to fight his way through. We can't see what he's doing. And so we just hear him on the headset. And he's just like, oh, God, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> how, did, how did I get out of that? How did... <laughs> and, and and eventually you just see this like a little dot and you just see Mitchell. And he's just he's coming. And and as he's running, you just all three of us just kind of perch up. And we're just like shooting all the zombies that are chasing Mitchell. And, and we end oh up extracting. And I was like, you know what? That was actually kind of fun. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's only on PC right now, but uh, it will eventually come to consoles, according to Ubisoft. And uh, it, it's something to something to look out for. Awesome. Mitchell, I don't uh, know if you have anything to add. No, no. <laughs> I mean, just like to, to go on what you were saying, it really was one of those like kind of movie moments where it's like, go on without me. Don't just leave me behind. <laughs> don't worry about me. And then they do. And then like. They're about to evacuate. I'm like, wait, wait, don't go. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what makes it what makes it even harder is unlike uh, something like Back for Blood or, or or Left for Dead is if anybody dies in this mode, you, it's over. Everybody dies. Uh-huh. Like the game just ends. So like we couldn't leave Mitchell. Mitchell needed to make it to the end. <laughs> and so it was. It's, part of me wishes we would have. We were all on Discord on our phones, so that way our capture didn't come through. But man, I'm like, I wish there was a director's cut where we could edit together a quick like 
two minute version of this video with our just like because that ending was like yeah. <laughs> Very we just have to we would just have to cut out the the first 15 minutes of complaining <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i get it going back into a game that you haven't played for a while and it's you're mm-hmm. you're adjusting to everything but I'm, I'm glad it turned out to be fun in the end and, and led to some such an organic moment like that that's a really yeah definitely i think bodes well as a a uh a mode for the for the game as strange as it may seem uh mitchell other than potentially being left behind in legion of the dead what, what else have you been playing so one thing that I wanted to to bring up real quick, uh, you know, I was looking at the the run of show, and there's a thing that we skipped over. It says, Jonathan, please don't forget about indie th- indies this month. I was going and- to save it for the end, but I can I can oh, do it now okay. if you well, want me okay, to do my. That's fine. No, no, no. I, I was just going to bring <laughs> no, it up because it. one of the things that I'm going to be playing is going to be Grifflands, and I just wanted to make wait. sure that we we got to talk about that because yeah, Grif- Grifflands is a game that was gonna that was on uh, early access. Um, on the Epic Game Store, Game Store for for quite a while now. I feel like it almost launched with it. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not. But um, anyway, if you're a fan of Slay the Spire, um, it is very much along the same kind of the same kind of road. It's it's a uh, it's a deck building roguelike, but instead of it just being a straight up deck building roguelike, it also puts this RPG. Uh, you know, narrative element in it where you're, you're also making really tough decisions as you interact with people. And those decisions kind of give you new cards that you use to, to fight. So it's, I, I don't want to go too much into it because honestly, it's been a really long time since I've played it. And I wouldn't yeah. do it justice, but I just want to say, if you're a fan of Slay Aspire, please check it out. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, in addition to that, uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm playing right now is embargoed. So I can't really talk about it. Um, but I did a replay. I'm doing a replay of Horizon. Literally, as I was watching that uh, Horizon Two presentation, I tweeted out, "Okay, that's it. I'm I'm replaying Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn." And I literally, as I was like, you know, doing clipouts, I got my PlayStation control. I started downloading it. Um, I so want yeah, to so so bad, but I'm so terrified that they're gonna the second I like get done with it, they're gonna be like PlayStation Five version, and I'm gonna be like, no. i still i still need to play the frozen wilds dlc so i've kind of been Mm. waiting and hoping that'll come honestly at this point i'll wait to see if it comes out if forbidden west comes out this year or next year it's the struggle i'm having with final fantasy as well i would love to replay final fantasy remake before the yuffie dlc it's now (laughs) you well the the problem is 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 with the Yuffie DLC is the PlayStation 5 version yeah. of Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So I'm like, the Yuffie yeah. DLC is just going to have to wait because I really want to play through Final Fantasy 7 Remake, but I refuse to do it now when I'm this close to the PS5 <laughs> version. So the Yuffie DLC, will just it'll have to happen after I pl- replay the main game. Totally. Not, not with me. I'm jumping right into that Yuffie DLC. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, anything else you want to mention before I, I do my, my, my indie game spiel? Yeah, um, I'm also playing Mass Effect Legendary uh, Collection, which I know that, uh, Dornbush, you're going through your first playthrough of Mass Effect. Is that true? I am. Yeah, I'm playing the the trilogy for the first time. I'm I'm doing a, a an off IGN podcast with a couple friends, uh, a few uh, other people in the industry who are wonderful pals, uh, who all three of us, despite loving, you know, video game storytelling, have never played the Mass Effect franchise, which oh, feels man. like a, a feels like a big gap. So, yeah, this was a a perfectly timed chance to be able to, like, meet up with people who haven't talked about it before and, and dive into it. 
I, I yeah. am also playing it for the first time. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, about, I'm about halfway through Mass Effect 1. Cool. Yeah, I just How got to it? Mass Effect 2, and uh, man, that game holds up. It's, <laughs> it's honestly, I, I think going through it again, it's kind of solidifying it that it's one of my favorite games of all time. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying that too. Like, if, if, even if you're enjoying the storytelling of one, like, yeah, the gameplay does, doesn't age the best, even with some of the additions, but like, wait till you get to two. It, it does really hold up. So I'm, I'm really excited to get there, but I'm glad you're still enjoying it, especially as someone who's revisiting it. Um, sure. uh, Red, can you hit me with a one-up? I've got an important, important plea to the audience before we wrap up this show. I have a very, very important, important message for you all. Look, I know Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is coming out. I know Final Fantasy VII Remake is also coming out. It's a lot of big games. We're going to get a lot of stuff announced around E3. There was that leaked Final Fantasy, maybe Souls-like game coming out. That sounds really cool. There's going to be a lot of really, really big AAA games coming out. Please, please don't forget the awesome indie games that are coming out. We're going to try to do our best to talk about them on the show. But like just within this two-week span at the beginning of June, Stonefly, Operation Tango, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, and Griftlands are just some of the games coming to PlayStation in the next two weeks that look incredible offer so many different types of gameplay uh really beautiful visually distinct worlds so many like amazing artistic approaches to different games that like please if you have the resources or the ability to check out some of these games uh it is worth doing so uh you know looking into the type of gameplay you want to obviously notwithstanding there are so many awesome looking games coming out that i don't want to get lost in the shuffle of the craziness of event season uh so we'll try to do our best to talk about those on on this show uh, but I, I just wanted to say, because man, I keep looking at all these games I want to play and I'm like, there are like 50 indies coming out and I, I want to make sure I play them and, and don't miss out on them. Um, so hopefully we'll be talking about those on the show in, in the weeks to come, but, uh, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of podcast beyond. As I mentioned, uh, there's a second bonus mini episode coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this, the day it goes out, which is normally Wednesdays at 3 PM Pacific on beyond.ign.com youtube.com slash IGN beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, so look forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, you can catch us all on Twitter. I am at JM Dornbush. Mitchell is at Jurassic rabbit and Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. Uh, thank you so much to both of you for joining me for this episode. And thank you to red, our producer as always for making the show happen. And thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always beyond. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just what really about the ducktails what about the ducktails oh story? crap the ducktails all right oh my god the ducktails story Never we totally mind. forgot this is all right the post credit sequence what what's going on with ducktails just tell me please i need to know so it's, so it's <laughs> I, I just want to say i've known mark medina a long time at this point i found that there are two things there are two things that will make mark medina super upset one you say super mario 64 is overrated and that speed runs of it are boring Number what? two, <laughs> number two, uh, you go into Mark's car, you turn off whatever he's listening to, you put on the DuckTales theme, you max the volume, and then you start singing along with it. Mark has a very unique face that is reserved <laughs> only for this specific act. And it, it just, it's the most disdain I've ever seen on oh, anyone's man. face in my whole life. 
I'd want to play it, but I don't want I don't want uh, the Bobs from Disney to get mad at us. But, you know, yeah. copyright. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never watched Ducktales, and, and again, I mentioned this at the top of the show. Now, every YouTube comment is just going to be like, "What? Mark hasn't watched Ducktales. I've never watched Ducktales. I don't care about the theme song at all." And so, uh, Mitchell, my wife, uh, Brandon Hunt, uh, who is dead. Uh, he's not that. He <laughs> just not, doesn't work at IGN anymore. Uh, but yeah, they love to play the theme song, and I get it. It's it's you know Ducktales, a woohoo, whatever. Life is like get a hurricane, it. Mark. Wow, I, cool. Whatever. I just, I just want to say I unironically used that song as an alarm clock for over a year, and what a wonderful <laughs> damn way to wake up every morning with them <laughs> just imagining sounds- their little duck butts dancing as they go. It was wonderful. Uh, it sounds like absolute torture. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, if you ever the, end the thing up, is, is when you when you set a song to be your um, alarm, to be your your alarm clock, yeah. like that is already a a very a fast way yeah. to never want to be able to like ever listen to those songs again. Uh, my wife's alarm ringtones for years now has been uh, uh, music from the hit game Beyond Two Souls, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I used to what? love that. I used to love that music. <laughs> I can't imagine any, you know, bit of that score being a wake up music, but sure. I can't even well, remember if that. You go, score. If you go, if you go and you, oh, for one, it's an amazing score. Uh, the <laughs> song specifically is called Dawkins Sweet. It's okay. it's very soothing and very like, it's just like a nice way to wake up. But not Dornbush over no. there. He's just uh, in a uh, dead uh, sleep. Uh, and uh, 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 <laughs> That's how I wake he up. Just, he just throws the blankets off. Life is like God, that is every awful. morning. Uh, it's well, very, it's very Dornbush thing. Actually, yeah. now we wake up to Dynamite by BTS, which will probably be replaced by Butter by BTS. You're part of the army, um, Dornbush. I am a part of the army adjacent because my girlfriend is, and I got like, it. I like got some it. of those. Ooh, I really want McDonald's for lunch now. Uh, <laughs> Needing to go get the old, the old Cajun sauce. Well, we'll we'll uh, go listen to whatever songs of our choosing as we go to get our lunch. But uh, thank you all so much for for listening and watching, and uh, woohoo as we say. Yeah, woohoo. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.